Good morning to you. We're glad that you're here. Thanks for coming today to worship the Lord Jesus Christ at Majestic Baptist Church. And uh, what a privilege to share together with you. Thanks for greeting one another, being a part of each other's life. Uh, you do such a good job at that. And as you go out today, do the same thing. Grab onto somebody, say hi to them. If you see somebody needs prayer, uh, pray for them. Take time to do that, how valuable, important that is. So, hey, just let me share with you some of our uh, participation opportunities. Um, our youth pastor, uh, Elisha, is on vacation this week, so leave him alone, okay? He, he needs that time. It's really important to him. Hopefully he gets some hammock time. He loves to be able just to rest. And he's worked really hard over these last four weeks doing a number of camps and uh, done a great job with that. So we're really, really grateful for him. and Hopefully he gets a, a good, good time away. I have some guests that are here today, and they're right here in the middle. And this is Rich and Janet Ralston, and we've got Melody Sidebottom, and we've got Delinda Ebling. The three ladies, they work for the Rocky Mountain Foundation. That is our Colorado Baptist investment, but also they do our accounting for us. And so we send them our bills, and they pay those bills. They pay our checks, so give big today, okay? All right? But uh, they work really hard on our behalf, and we're really thankful for them. Rich and Janet, um, we have been friends since 1991 at Ken Carroll Baptist Church. And uh, Janet was an uh, accountant there, financial secretary for years. Rich uh, Rich did what Derek's done. He, in, he was an interim worship leader many times while I was there. And uh, grateful for him, great friends. And so uh, make sure you get to them and love on them a little bit. But thank you all for coming down from Denver. It means a lot that you would do that. So let's give me a hand for coming. Uh, Torn and Chelsea over here, married them how many years ago? Eight years ago, and they're here from Florida visiting with us, and good to see you guys too, I'm glad you're here, what a privilege. So, to our guests that are here, if you take the card, the connection card, we'd love for you to fill it out, and uh, just drop it in the baskets as you go, that's obviously where your offering goes. If you got prayer requests, we do want to pray for you, as we gather on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Saturday mornings, and we pray through the requests. We'd love to have that opportunity to pray for you, so you can do the same there. So, thank you. It's good. This Saturday, we'll have a memorial service for Bill Jones. Many of you knew Bill and Janice were part of our lives for many years here, and uh, that service will be at 1 o'clock. We had a great service for Ron Bjork. The flowers are um, from his memorial service on Friday, and uh, thankful for that family and how Ron and his wife Dorothy um, were great, great supporters here at our church. So, we'll also have one on the 22nd for. Um, Pat Elliott, and uh, Valerie is here, her daughter, and we'll have a service for her, too, on the 22nd. So we have a number of ways to remember those that have gone to be with the Lord, and uh, we're grateful for how they contributed to our lives so much for that. A couple of other things coming up next Sunday. Uh, I will not be preaching. Kurt Edwards will be here. He's one of the servants that we serve. He serves in the uh, Central Asia area, Turkmenistan. And has been serving there for many years. Many of you know his son Jeremy is our first youth pastor. And uh, he'll be with us. And he is bringing a friend from that area. His name and all I can reveal to you is Pastor MK. And uh, he is seeing great, great work of God, revival taking place in the country that he works with. And I'll let him explain all that to you next week. But I think it will be a great Sunday to be here to be a part of what God's going to do. We will do as we do. have an exit offering. Just want to give to the ministry of Pastor MK. Great, great opportunity. So um, we're looking forward to that and what uh, Kurt brings with us. You know, Kurt's an incredible, incredible um, servant for the Lord Jesus Christ in the, in, the far, in the Central Asia area. So come and join us with that. 
We look forward to that. We have a newcomer's dessert coming up on the 17th. If you're new to our church or you've been here for a while and you haven't been there, we'd love to have you come and join. Just fill out the card and let us know about that. We have a work day on the 22nd. I didn't get a slide for that, but we got some things we need to do. That'll be from 7 to 10 that morning. And we can use all your help. Got a lot of things outside that we need to work on. Appreciate uh, Hank, Morton, and, and uh, Spike and their work to keep things going out there for us and looking good. On the, on the 30th, we're going to start collecting school supplies to uh, fill up backpacks. We've got 48 backpacks from North American Mission Board. And uh, we're going to fill those up. Somebody in the first service, matter of fact, four people came to me in the first service and said they'd coordinate that for us. Yeah. That means you don't have to volunteer. But what I need from you is we need you to bring school supplies. We'll have that list for you next week. And they'll be contacting the school, and they'll let us know how we can help out and encourage and help those that need a little bit of help as school gets started. I think it costs about $400 to uh, get all the school supplies. I don't think it's quite that much, but it's really expensive. Some of you know as parents, it's really expensive to get all those supplies. So we want to be a part of that, help out of school, and we're looking forward to that starting on the 30th. That day we also have a uh, 101 class for our membership. We've got a number of people signed up for that. I'm looking forward to that. Got at least five families signed up for that already. And that's going to be a great day to share together. And then we have a member meeting at 430 that day. And we just get it all done in one day. We're really tired on Monday. So uh, thank you for participating in those things. That's valuable too. So I mentioned to you last week we have transition taking place. Uh, this is Derek's last Sunday to lead us in worship as our interim. And so Derek, thank you again for your incredible serve with us. He's not going anywhere, and uh, he and Kayla are still here. He just coaches soccer, and things are getting very, very busy for him. And so uh, next week, Todd Baders, uh, who has been in our intern before, will be coming and leading us in that, and we're grateful for that. But Derek, thank you for all your service. It's been a delight to work with you. We've had a great time doing that. And then also just our associate pastor search for worship. Uh, I don't have any more news to report to you, so that means you just need to pray harder, okay? Because... <laughs> Nothing's happening with that. There's no candidates or, you know, taking the hook out there. And uh, so pray. Pray that God would show us the man, the family that's supposed to be with us and to grow together with us. All right. So thank you so much for being here. Johnny Dasher is going to come and uh, lead us in prayer. Johnny's uh, one of our elders and a great friend. And uh, thank you so much. Johnny, look at him run. Got any oxygen? Anybody got any oxygen for him here? oxygen yeah it's okay actually it has nothing to do with our prayer but my son who's 35 sent me a text last Saturday he goes hey let's go climb Mount Elbert which is the tallest one in Colorado and uh, I made it to 12,400 and I was smart enough to quit so he made it up to 14.4 with he and his dog and did the summit so um, I got home and saw him later because it took him a lot longer anyway but oxygen is good altitude is good how many of you had a chance this week to pray the prayer of Jabez at least once my wife was smart enough to put it on the refrigerator so I see it every morning doesn't mean I pray it every day and then it happened this week Scott talks about his one year bible mine was there this week it showed up this week, and I thought, wow, only God could make that happen, right? So let's go to the Lord in prayer. I'd encourage you to keep praying the prayer of Jabez, especially in regards to our church and our pastor.
thank you for this day. Thank you for this world that you have created and the beauty that it holds, the joy that it holds, even in the midst of loss and grief and sorrow, as Scott went through the list of people that we're having memorial services for, um, even this week and next week. Father, we want us to stop and say thank you. Thank you for your blessings in our lives. Help us to not focus on just the loss and the grief, but the things that you do provide for us. We'll pray for Pastor Scott, Lord, that you would lift him up and strengthen him as so much more falls on him now. And also for Elisha, that you would give them a sense of renewal this week during their vacation. Let it be a time of restoring and enjoying their family as well, too. Lord, we pray that you would guide us as we seek that person that you would have to come and serve along with us here at Majestic. Thank you for the privilege that we have to gather today. Help us to open our hearts and our minds and our spirits to receive what you have from your word as we look at these two ladies that Scott's going to preach about today. And for the worship team, Lord, thank you for Derek and his serve and his wife. They've been really just an unbelievably great asset for us during this in our time. And we're grateful for that. Thank you for today. And the privilege we have to gather and to sing and to worship and to look at your word. All these things we pray in Christ's name. Father, that you are that solid rock, that firm foundation that we can build our lives upon. Thank you for taking us up out of the miry clay and putting us on the rock. Thank you that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This day, may we be honored as we continue to worship you, we continue to look at your word, we continue to encourage one another. Thank you so much for this opportunity to gather together. seated. Kids can go to kids worship. So glad we get the opportunity to love on you kids and be a part of your lives. Hey, just one other guest that's here. Pastor Shane Cannon's over here with his family. Shane's a dear friend of the 21 years I've been here. Shane pastors Mesa Christian Fellowship, does a great job there. He's been there for like 28 years, I think. 25 years at that church serving. So give him a hand to the family. This is one good pastor right here. He is a really good, good guy. Yeah, he's dear, dear friend through the years. So thank you for being here, Shane. All right, you ready? Here we go. Our sermon series has been called Do You Know Me? We're looking at uh, characters, Bible friends that we know that aren't very well known. And so we've had a good time with this the past month. Our first, uh, first Bible friend was Epaphras in Colossians chapter 4.12. It says of him that he was a servant, and he was a friend of the people there in Colossae. And it says of him, he's always wrestling in prayer for you. That you would stand firm in the will of God, mature and fully assured. Man, that's, that's a man I want to be. Always praying, even as I prayed for you all this morning. Always praying, wrestling in prayer, struggling in prayer be able to see God do a good work in your lives. What a great thing to be a part of that. Next week, we talked about Jethro. Jethro in Exodus chapter 18. Jethro is Moses' father-in-law. 
We'll talk about Moses a little bit today, too. This guy had wisdom. He saw what was taking place as Moses was leading the people, and he said, you need a little bit of help. He came alongside him, and he helped him, and he encouraged him. He learned him, helped him to delegate and to be able to see what God wanted to do in their lives as he was leading the million of people, the people of Israel. Moses took that advice, and God used it in a powerful way to save his life, basically, so he wouldn't burn out. But man, what a great thing. The next week, Terry Schwartz preached for me, did a great job, and and uh, he talked about Naaman's wife's maid. And that little girl, however old she was, as she came alongside as Naaman didn't want to do what the prophet Elisha said to do, go dip in the Jordan seven times, you'll be healed. And he didn't want to do that. He had better plans for himself. She said, this is what you need to do. She was a lady of wisdom, knew where to go with issues that were before. So grateful for that, what we learned from, from her life and what's before. So last week, we talked about Jabez. I think he's a man who wants God's blessing, and he also wants God's presence to be with him. So Johnny asked, I couldn't see how many of you raised your hand praying the prayer of Jabez this week. Did you pray the prayer of Jabez this week? A number of you, you, you you're, we need to help you. All right, that was our 30-day challenge, to pray this every day. I'm going to help you today, too. We're going to pray that just a little bit. But first, I wanted to share with you some responses that I got, because I asked you to pray that, and I did get some responses coming back. So yeah, my guy's back, all right? Matter of fact, Sandra Smith told me she saw this guy's picture in another something else, and I'm a little bit disappointed in that, that he's not just staying with us, okay? Now you stay with us, little guy, all right? You're our man. So thank you for your responses. As you're praying this prayer, and God does some things, share together with me what's happening. So I have some of those here for you. You ready? Here we go. This is what somebody, well, they're in this service today, but I'm not going to give you their name. It says, I've prayed a similar prayer almost daily for provision, protection, and presence for me, my family, and others. I pray that God would use me and give me influence, increase my borders. He impressed on me to become a substitute teacher what I did, which I did. Believe me, it's a challenge. <laughs> you taught, you know that. You're a regular teacher, you know it's a huge challenge. And I've been in great need of his presence. I've enjoyed the blessings of his provision, protection, and presence, which only come from his grace and mercy. Yes. Yes, what God's doing. I'm praying this prayer, even the prayer just like this through the year. Somebody else who's in the service even right now, they read a, a devotional by Susie Larson on July 3rd, and it said this, May your heart burst with gratitude for the freedoms you enjoy, July 4th. Then it says this, may you take a fresh look at the territory God has entrusted you and offer it back to you. We did. Susie Larson had no idea we were going to be the prayer of Jabez. She just happens to write about it. We talk about the borders being increased, territory being increased. We do that. Somebody who's in the first service said this, I didn't know you were going to preach on Jabez a couple weeks ago when I started praying this prayer with my sister. Oh, just like God, right? Just like God to do that even as Johnny was talking about earlier. Just like God to do that. Started praying this prayer a couple weeks ago. Didn't even know you were going to talk about Jabez. And I've been praying this prayer. Uh, I had somebody else. Um, I'll pull this one off my phone because it's kind of kind of long. Oh. oh, hello, Mom. How are you doing? Good to... I'm just kidding, just kidding. Loosen up a little bit here, okay? We're going to have fun today. We have been having fun. Okay, here we go. So this is what I got from somebody who is usually in this service. I don't see them today, but they're usually there. 
I hope you had a good week. I'm sitting on my back patio this morning, reading the scripture for today and praying. I've been diligent to pray Jabez's prayer this week, but this morning I admit that when it comes to having my, quote, territory enlarged, I thought, no, Lord. I've got family members here and more are coming in, and my energy is nowhere to be found. But when I read the notes from your message on territory, it's my influence, my faith that needs to be enlarged, not circumstances around me. So yes, Lord, enlarge my territory. I can do this. Yes, you can. You can do this. I have one more, and I'll show you this one. This is what I got from somebody who's in the first service today. It's written out. The prayer's written out. Hey, Pastor, I accept the challenge. How about you? Put it up on the refrigerator, whatever it takes. Get it in your Bible. Get it on your tablet, your phone. And pray this prayer. Matter of fact, if you haven't prayed it today, I'm going to help you do it today so you don't have to worry about it the rest of the day. Ready? Here we go. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. Jabez called upon the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm so that it might not bring me pain. And God granted I want God to grant your request, too. So pray. Pray in faith, believing that he does want to do those things. He wants to enlarge your border, your influence. He will be with you. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And he will. It's his choice to keep you from evil so that you wouldn't suffer harm. Those are things God can do. He chooses, certainly, to do those things. So pray it. Pray it every day for the next 30 days or the next 60 days or the rest of your life. It's a good one to keep praying and to share together. So thank you for letting me share those. You have those this week? Share them with me. Get back with me. Text me. Email me. Let me know because I want to be able to share the encouragement that comes as we pray and as we get into this challenge of honoring the Lord. So today we're going to look at two women who are only known once in Scripture. Their name are Shifra and Pua. Now if I mess up the names the rest of the sermon, you'll be all right with that, okay? Because you might pronounce them a little bit differently too. But they're found in Exodus chapter 1 and, and kind of in Exodus chapter 2. So you've got your Bibles there. Grab onto them. I'm going to read the passage because this is God's Word. It's valuable. It's really, really important. It's accurate. It's true. It records exactly what God wanted for us. So I'm going to start in Exodus chapter 1, verse 8. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, Behold, the people of Israel are too many and too mighty for us. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. And if war breaks out, they join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with heavy burdens. They built for Pharaoh store cities, Pithom and Ramos. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied, and the more they spread abroad. And the Egyptians were in dread of the people of Israel. So they ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves and made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and brick and in all kinds of work in the field. In all their work, they ruthlessly made them work as slaves. Then the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shiphrah and the other Puah, When you serve as midwife to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, 
If it is a son, you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but let the male children live. So the king of Egypt called the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this? Let the male children live. The midwives said to Pharaoh, Not because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and they give birth before the midwife comes to them. So God dealt well with the midwives. And the people multiplied and grew very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, Every son that is born to the Hebrews you shall cast into the Nile, and you shall let every daughter live. Now a man from the house of Levi went and took as his wife a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him three months. When she could hide him no longer, she took him for she took for him a basket made of bulrushes and daubed it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the riverbank. And his sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. While her young woman walked beside the river, she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her servant woman, and she took it. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold. The baby was crying. She took pity on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then her sister, then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call for you a nurse, the Hebrew woman, to nurse the women for you? And Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. When the child grew older, she brought in Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, because, she said, I drew him out of the water. Now, in this sermon series, I purposely selected some women to talk about. And this will be the first one. We had one a couple weeks ago. That was Terry's choice to do that. But we'll have some others that will go along in this series. Here's why. Because I want you women to know you are very valuable. You are very, very valuable. And I want you to know that this morning. You're very important to God. You're very important to me. You're very important in our culture. You see, many years ago, the Lord created man and he created woman. Adam, meaning man, woman Eve, the mother of all living, were created. And I remind you, it's not popular today, but it is true. There are only two genders, male and female, man and woman. There are only two, my friends. That's it. Because that's God's design. God knows what is best for us. Rejoice in his exquisite creativity for male and female, man and woman. And ladies, women, females, again I say to you, you are very, very important. You value. You are no less important because you were created second after man or fashioned from the rib of man. Without Eve, the mother of all living, and without you, guess what? We wouldn't be here. 
we are so thankful for you. The Lord in his creative design has given women some very valuable roles in life as a helpmate, if you're married, as a mother to a child, if you have children, as a single woman, a friend that you can be to so many people and to care for them and to love for them, and as a ministry partner in the church. So maybe I haven't said this enough, but ladies, I want you to know you're very important. You're very, very valuable. Maybe men should be saying an amen to that. I don't know. Maybe not. Let's recognize that. How important you are and valuable to the Lord and to us. But let me go on. Women are valuable, but especially those who fear Women are valuable, but especially those who fear the Lord. We know we talk about the fear of the Lord. It takes us to thinking this way. God, you are it. I'm in awe of you. I'm honoring you. I lift you high. My reverence goes to you. I want to seek you first, and I want to love you with my heart, my soul, my mind, and my strength. I want to worship you. Just as we have sung, that's one part of worship, of course, but all the rest of what we do do is, is to lift up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, to lift it high, and to be a part of His life. And the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord helps you as a woman, or me as a man, and us as men, it helps us to build our life on the Lord. Hmm. We sang a song about that. Look, here's the words. I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone. Alone. And I will not be shaken. When we studied Proverbs a while back, this last year, we talked about the fear of the Lord 16, 17 times in the book of Proverbs. We talked about this. We said this, that the fear of the Lord adds wisdom, it subtracts evil, it multiplies life, and it divides the Lord's blessing among others. That's what the fear of the Lord will do. All those things come from the book of Proverbs as he talks, Solomon talks, about the fear of the Lord. It will add wisdom to your life. It will subtract evil from your life because you won't want to go against him. It will multiply life and it will divide his blessings that he gives to you among other people. The fear of the Lord is to be lived out and courageously like Shifra and Ruah do here in this passage. They decided to do what was right and God rescued Moses and his people. Now, for some of you old-timers out there, you might remember a song back in 1971 by Helen Reddy. What did she say? Well, she sang something like this. I am woman, hear me roar, your number's too big to ignore. Anybody remember that song? Yeah, some of you weren't even born then, okay? She was making her statement about who she was as a woman. I'm valuable. Of course, she was coming on the heads of the feminist movement and all that was along with it. Maybe it'd be better to sing it this way. I am woman, let me fear the Lord through all my days and years. 
made up those words, just in case you didn't know that. that. That's not the second verse. I am woman. I am woman. Let me fear the Lord through all my days and years. That's what God wants for us. Women, that's what He wants for you. That's what He wants for me as men. For our students that are here and our children, that's what He wants for us, that we would fear Him, give Him the reverence, the awe, everything He deserves because who He is. There's no rival to Him. He is above all. You see, women are valuable, men too. And especially those who fear the Lord. And it says in this passage two times that the midwives feared the Lord. They feared God. Verse 17, verse 21, the midwives feared God and God did these things for them. You see, they, they believed that God's moral demands outweighed Pharaoh's legal they believed that God's moral demands outweighed Pharaoh's legal demands. So they chose to obey God rather than the king. And like these courageous women, the fear of the Lord will lead us to obey him even in similar difficult circumstances. Now there's people in the Bible who, who had those. Now as we think about this, we think about, well, okay, now but what about the government? How do we relate to our government, right? Well, Paul's given us some thoughts related to that. Have them up on the screen for you. From Romans 13.1, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those who exist have been instituted by God. Now, as you read that passage, I read that passage, sometimes I look at that and I go, God, you allowed that person to lead us? You allowed that person to go lead that country? God says, that's what he did. He allowed this to happen. So we have a responsibility to be able to respect and to be in subject. He goes on and he, he writes in other passages. So we go on to the next one. In First Peter, Peter writes, Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor supreme or to governors as sent by him. You've got to remember, they're in a difficult place. Peter talks about suffering all through his book. He says we're to be subject to them, to give respect to them, to give honor to them. Paul goes on and and he says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, and intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. We have a responsibility to live in subjection and under authority to those who rule over us. But the question is, always? Doesn't that come up? But always are we supposed to? And we go on. The Lord's will is greater than man's will. The Lord's will is greater than man's will. And when man's will goes against the Lord's will, we are called to stand for the Lord's will. Did you get that? When man's will goes against the Lord's will, we are called to stand for the Lord's will. It generally isn't easy, and it could be costly. But as I reminded you on many, many occasions, this statement. The only thing more costly than obedience is disobedience. The only thing more costly than obedience is disobedience. Obedience to the Lord can be very costly, but it's not nearly as costly as we say, I am not going to obey what the Lord has for me. Back in VBS about a month ago, how many were involved in VBS? I know it's hard to still get them up. I know it's been a month and you're still tired. I understand that. I know how that goes, right? 
Uh, what a great week we had. Average about 165 kids. We had more kids on Friday than we had in any other day of the week. That never happens on Friday. Right? We had 175 kids on Friday. Man, it was a great week. But on Thursday, we talked about Acts chapter 3 and Acts chapter 4. We talked about how that Peter and John, they were around the temple area, and they healed this man who was lame. They didn't have anything to give him. We have no silver or gold, but we can give you what we can give you in the name of Jesus. And he healed him. He's up jumping and praising God, and that got all the religious leaders all, you know, up and tight, and, you know, everything's going crazy on them. And so they bring him in before them, and they say to them, hey, you can't teach or preach in the name of the Lord anymore. Well, but see, they don't believe in Jesus. They don't believe he's the Messiah, so this is really offensive to them that they would be doing these things in the name of Jesus. And here's Peter and John's response. It says, So the religious leaders called them, Peter and John, and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, for you must judge, but for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. For we cannot speak. And put it in the positive. We're going to keep speaking about Jesus. Because that's what we need to do. Because the Lord's will is greater than your will and the demands we make for us. And that's where Shiphrai and Pua are at. They get a command to kill babies, not let them live. And they said, no, that, that's not God's will. We know what God's will is for those kids So, okay, so the question comes up, and if you're thinking through this passage like I am, the next question comes up, is it all right to lie to man to obey God? Right? I mean, that's kind of what looks like takes place here to me. Well, let's, let's kind of examine a little bit. First, how they respond to the king. From the text, it might be true that the Hebrew women were more vigorous than the Egyptian women because of their hard servitude. To the Egyptians. I mean, they are really having to work hard. And in being a hard worker like that, they may be more vigorous in giving birth. That could be true. Okay? Secondly, they give another reason to the king. And certainly sometimes birth happens before the midwife or doctor gets there. We had that experience in our family. My daughter was born 10 minutes before Dr. Curio got there. Alicia did all the labor on her own. We get to the hospital. Dr. Creole and lived a few minutes away from the hospital. Megan was already born. Didn't even get there. So that could be true of some. Maybe some of you have experienced the same thing in your birth. And third, Moses, a boy, was cast into the Nile, albeit in a basket of bulrushes. So there was one that did get thrown into the Nile. He said, throw the boys into the Nile, right? Okay. So those are kind of, can we say, maybe half-truths? Could be true. But if something is a half-truth, then it's only a white lie, right? Yeah, you all know that one. You tried that one many, many years ago with your parents. Well, I'll just give them a little bit. That's only a white lie because that's not bad, right? It's all right. You know, it's not like it's the whole truth. It's not the whole lie, but it's, you know, hopefully that'll get me by, right? Yeah, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but you could you could raise both of them many times, right? We've all done that. Remember, the Lord is in control of this confrontation and is guiding the midwives. And even though they don't reveal the whole truth, the Lord blesses them. 
what it says. That he blessed them. Now, this is no excuse for lying and thinking the Lord is going to bless you. Don't walk away going here. Pastor Scott says, I can lie, and the Lord's going to bless me, so I'm going to start right now. No, that's not an excuse. Listen further. The Lord has a greater and necessary purpose here, and that is to preserve life and his people from an evil king. He has a greater purpose in what he's doing and how they respond to the king. So, listen. Most of our lives, lies, most of our half-truths, whatever you call them, do not have the Lord's purposes embedded in them. You know that when you told them, you weren't trying to honor God. You weren't trying to stand up for Him and protect life. You're just trying to protect your backside is all you were trying to do. But God here, God here, has a greater purpose to save His people and to save life. And He says in this instance, says, you bless them. And you bless. I think it's just a pretty good principle to stick with the ninth commandment too. You shall not bear witness against your neighbor. Tell the truth. Fourth thought for this. Be willing to stand for life even if it costs your own. Be willing to stand for life even if it costs your own. Now although the text does not say this, I think that the king would have been fine with taking the lives of Shifra and Ruah for their disobedience. It doesn't say that, but listen, he's willing to kill all the innocent boys. I'm sure two more people wouldn't be a big deal to him. Again, the text doesn't say that, but I'm, I'm making the assumption that if he's willing to kill innocent boys because they're a problem, he probably would have been willing to take Shifra and with Pua's life too. So what courage they displayed to obey the Lord and his desire for life and not death. They were willing, I think, in their hearts, they were willing to sacrifice their own lives if necessary for the lives of the poor. Again, it's not in the text, but I think we can safely assume that. They were willing to say, you can take our life, but we are going to do what God wants us to do, and we are going to do that which is right and protect life and protect now, we read of other courageous and obedient Bible friends of Scripture who are also willing to sacrifice their lives in obedience to the Lord. Read about him last night. My one-year Bible. Guess what chapter I'm in? Daniel chapter 3. It's already in my notes. Okay, Lord, I get it. Daniel chapter 3. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Nebuchadnezzar builds this big statue of himself and says, everybody worship it when the harps and the lyres and the guitars and the trombones and everything else play. I want you to bow down and worship me, worship the statue because that represents me and I'm the greatest in all the world. So therefore, give me the greatest of honor. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I ain't doing it. We ain't doing it. He says, what do you mean you're not doing it? Goes back to him again. He says, what, don't you, what do you mean I'm not doing it? We're not doing it. We're going to worship God alone. We're going to follow Him. We're going to honor Him. We're going to reverence Him because He is the God above all. They stoke up the fire seven times hotter. Stoke up the fire, man. You're going in. They go in. person in there says, I thought we put three guys in there. How come I see four guys walking around in there? Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Pulls them out. 
doesn't even smell like they've been around a campfire. <laughs> no, nothing's burned. Nothing's singed. But they recognize who God is. But they were willing to sacrifice their own life for the sake of God Almighty. You go three chapters later, and there's a man named Daniel. They say to him, man, we got to find something about this guy because, man, he is, he is, he is just he is a righteous man. He's following God. You've got to find something. Oh, I'll tell you what we'll do. Let's just make a decree that nobody can pray to anybody but our people. You can't pray to any other God but our people. Daniel gets the decree and he says, you know what? I'm willing to sacrifice my life to be a trite to God. Opens the windows. He doesn't just go to the prayer closet, man. He opens the window. Prays. Let's him know, I am going to pray to the Lord Almighty. says, here, keep on your line. Hey, kitty, kitty. We got, we got some meat for you tonight. A guy named Daniel, this Hebrew guy. Yeah, God says, little kitties, you're not hungry tonight. Go over there and sleep. Well, he sacrificed his life. I think just like Shepard, we were willing to do for the right thing, for the truth. They're willing to give their lives. And certainly we might have to do that too at some point. A lot of people today were taking a stand for our kids in the womb and saying this is right to protect those children in the womb. To have them have a life just like we have a life. Someday it might come down to us taking a stand for that, a right to life. It could cost us our life. Other issues that are in the Bible that we need to take a stand for graciously, kindly, of course. But we take a stand for because they're here and God's will is greater than man's will. We want to honor him and honor him. Now what about Stephen? I thought about Stephen as putting things together yesterday. Acts chapter 6, Acts chapter 7. Stephen, this man of God, he's chosen to be a deacon, following the Lord, faithful to him. He means preaching. He preaches to the religious leaders and he preaches to them about Jesus and what Jesus has done. Again, they don't want anything to do with Jesus because they don't believe he's the Messiah. They get mad and angry, speaking right to him, pointing his finger right at him. This is who Jesus is. We need to follow him. God, take it off. They're gnashing their teeth. They're angry. They're mad. He knows what's coming. He looks up into heaven. Sees the Son of God standing. Man, that ticks him off even more. I don't believe Jesus is the Messiah. I certainly believe that he's up there now. And you're seeing the Son of you're seeing Jesus, the Son of God, standing up there for you. At that point, they drag him out of the city, they stop him. I love what many years ago one songwriter wrote. He said, given a Giving us a picture, putting into words and into song what Stephen said. He said that, that, that Jesus, in standing, is saying this I stood for you because you stood for me. So I stand for you because you stood for me. The right thing. Stood for the truth. Lastly, this I know you know this talk about it in the book. We talk about Jabez. Lord, bless me. But you know this. 
the Lord blesses obedience. The Lord blesses obedience. The Lord blessing comes out in this. They do the right thing. Shifra, do the right thing. They stand for life. They stand for God's will. And the blessing comes to them. The Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women. So God dealt well with the midwives in verse 20. And the people multiplied and grew very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. He blessed them. The commentator said this, God used these courageous women to accomplish his purposes, and then he blessed them. God dealt with these midwives in the same way that he dealt with Abraham and Isaac, who were both guilty of lying, telling lies, by examining their hearts and blessing them for their obedience. Thank you, Lord. In this difficult situation, still can bless us, and he did for Shifra. You see, when we obey personally and individually, we can experience his blessing. But I also want to remind you of this, that when God blesses us, this is what we need to do with the blessing. We need to pass it on to other people. When God does that work for us, it's not just for ours to say, oh, thank you, Lord, I'm something. Woo-do. No. That's time for us to take that blessing and to pass it on to other people. And I think that happened here. As Shifra and Pua obey the Lord, what does it say about their people? They grew very strong. They increased. The blessing wasn't just for them. The blessing also went to the people, to the people of Israel. And I remind you of that, that as you obey and God blesses you, pass that on to other people. In the first service, Don Worthington prayed, and he made that statement. He had no idea I was going to make that statement at the end of my sermon. I thank you, Don. Thank you, Lord, for bringing that about. Our blessings come so that we can bless other people. We can pass it on to them. When we obey the Lord, the blessing of the Lord is going to come our way. Let me wrap it up for you. Put it this way. Women are valuable. Ladies are really valuable. Please understand that. I have great respect. For women, you're even more valuable when you fear the Lord. You place Him first in your life. And those who fear the Lord will obey God's commands over man's commands. And though that obedience to the Lord might be costly, it will be worth it because of the Lord's blessing that will follow. You've seen Him in your life. You want to continue to see Him in your life. So let's keep being like Shifra. Keep lifting him high. Let's fear God with everything we have and see what he does for us as he comes alongside us, even as we pray the prayer of Jabez. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my borders and that your hand would be with me. Build your life as these ladies did. Build your life on him. He is a firm foundation. And you will not be shaken when you place him first in your life. Yeah, you'll have some hard times, some difficult times. You don't have to be shaken because of what he's done. Derek's going to come up and lead us. Taylor, they're going to lead us again. Build, build your life on the Lord. Sing it one more time. We close out. But let me pray. Father, thank you for this example. Really unknown, unknown ladies in the scripture. And yet they have a great message. you help us to live our lives to fear you to place you first 
watch you do a powerful work in our lives. Thank you so much that we've been able to gather together. And as we sing this last song, may it be more than a song. May, 